Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Chili Grits Podcast. I am Reverend Monika Bowman. And I am Aisha Francis, Dr. Aisha Francis. Doctor, yes, doctor, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, in um, the faith community, everybody's doctor. Everybody's Reverend, Reverend Doctor. doctor. <laughs> I will not be Reverend Doctor today. No, 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 no. Well, you know, we love all things Chili Grits podcast because we take Southern sayings and talk about how they impacted our leadership journey. That's right. So today our saying will be, bless their hearts. <laughs> her heart <laughs> yes or as we say well just bless their hearts yes you gotta have the well well bless their heart. well so so i'm glad you added that in aisha because um when i was having conversations with people around some of the sayings that we should do someone one of my friends that live here in cambridge mm-hmm. um that's from the northeast but does a lot of work in the south she's like you have to talk about bless their hearts <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to break down Bless Your Heart, and I have some historical um, context around it, too. So Bless Your Heart, it can be seen in two different ways. It can be seen from a place of compassion. Oh, my God. Bless their hearts, right? And you you show genuine concern for that individual or that person or the situation that's happening. Then there's the other way, (laughs) which is... uh, Bless their hearts. And this is a Southern way of um, acknowledging that maybe the person or the group of people, maybe not going in the right direction, (laughs) causing some havoc, um, or doing things that doesn't add value to the community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is a very gracious way of finding an exit from a conversation or a way in which you engage without insulting someone. But underneath it, people actually realize that you're insulting them. <laughs> it's a backhanded blessing. It is. It is a back, black, backhanded, not black. <laughs> but when I was, um, when I chose this one, I did do a little bit of research and I discovered that um, this saying goes back to the UK. What? I know, I know. So I'm going to read this. It's from Southern Standards. Um, this is an interesting website. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll just read it and okay. then I'll talk about the part that's interesting to me. Um, the earliest known citation of the exact phrase is in a British play, The Padlock, a comic opera written in 1766 by Charles Bitton performed in the Royal Theater in 1768. This use is obviously by a black servant in Act 1, Scene 5. I have issues with this obvious. Why is it obvious? Okay. Listen, I was like, who said that I that's was com- obvious? I was completely triggered <laughs> reading this. Um, and so it says, Mung, who is the person, the character's name. Mm-hmm. Ah, Massa. Bless your heart. <laughs> um, then in He Would Be a Soldier, a, a comedy in five acts um, in this series. And it also appeared in previous, um, in the next act, act three, um, through and throughout until the end. So, you know, I thought this was interesting. Um, clearly, there's some implicit bias in how this was written, but... Mm-hmm. Evidently, it goes back to 17, 
the seven, well, 1766 um, and connected to the royal family um, through um, through this theater, play. Th- through this so, play. So they're saying that the, the character Mung repeatedly uses the phrase bless your, bless yes, your heart or bless yes. your heart. Yes, in the context okay. of um, the other characters who were not black. So this unpacks a whole lot of huh. stuff, right? Yeah. Because we often think about some of these issues in the context of the United States. But, you know, um, the, the British um, Empire... For you know, they they were implicit in a lot of um, colonialism, as well as slavery. Yeah. So, um, and their understanding of it is really different from a U.S. base. You know, is really interesting seeing Prince Harry and Meghan Markle go through that whole episode of bringing light some of those issues there. Um, but I thought that was really interesting, and the connection that I saw to the South. Sometimes you know we have these sayings that carry and we have no clue where they come from um and sometimes you come across a data point like this and you're like huh there's this interconnectivity around language and speech that um really transcends um across um the transatlantic Mm -hmm. and the the triangle of um the, the slave trade so i thought that was um interesting but I want to tell a quick story yes. about a leadership moment mm-hmm. <laughs> where I had to like take a pause with this phrase. So I used to be the director of field for Deval Patrick. Okay, um, it was one of I my remember that. yes back in the campaign days. Yes. Um, I remember President Obama was here and I worked that um, that, event. that event, and you guys were enjoying it, and mm-hmm. I was like trying to stop the crowd from going crazy. <laughs> You had a different perspective. (laughs) Yes. A lot of hard work on campaigns. So I appreciate people that do that work on behalf of democracy. Um, So I'm working in the Roxbury office. That was my um, my division or my area within Boston. And I had a Conrad um, by the name of Miguel Chavez. Shout out to Miguel. Mm -hmm. Love him to pieces. Still a good friend. And from time to time in the office, I have to say there were some folks in the community that, um, you know, were very questioned, questioned my place in the campaign because here I am in Cambridge, where I live, mm-hmm. but I got assigned to Roxbury and we know how that works in the Northeast, right? Right. They so, were questioning your, what is that? Your bona fide. Yes. Maybe a little townieism <laughs> happening. Yeah. So, um, but I pushed through it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but from time to time, I would just let bless their hearts and just roll off of my tongue right and it got to a point where I didn't even realize I was doing it that you were saying it I was just saying it right and it would be a situation and clearly it annoyed me so it wasn't the whole gracious one right (laughs) and so one day Miguel came up to me and he was like Monica I noticed you know you're a reverend and all and you keep saying bless your heart but I'm not clear if you're actually blessing anybody (laughs) doesn't sound like you really mean it (laughs) I was like okay and so it was this moment for me where I realized oh I need to be a bit more mindful of like the sayings and phrases and how I leverage them in public space in the context 
of other people because people, you know, people knew that I was Reverend Bowman and there's just these expectations around how Reverend Bowman is supposed to, or any Reverend is supposed to show up despite maybe gross you know, disrespect or, you know, things that happen towards the person. You're supposed to always let that stuff roll off your back. So yeah, in that moment, I um, I thanked him. <laughs> For bringing it to your attention. <laughs> For bringing it to my attention. And then I became very conscious of how I used the term moving mm-hmm. forward. Interesting. Well, I, I would have to ask those who listen to me, you know, if I actually say this phrase, I don't, I don't think I do much, but perhaps I do. And if I were to use it, I think it is absolutely in the tradition of a filler for experiences or, or circumstances when uh, I really don't have anything good to say. Mm, so, yeah. you know, that saying, I know my, my, my family always said, look, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Which you said in an earlier episode. Yes. <laughs> so that is one of the, that's that's definitely like a family mantra. And saying bless your heart is a filler. It is a way to give a response because you want to be an active listener. Yes. You don't want to be disrespectful yes. and not respond to something that, you know, somebody told you in an exchange of information. But what is there to say? Yeah. In some yeah. in some circumstances. So that is, you know, if I think about it, you know, I think that is the kind of exchange where I would just bring that up. I mean, what is there to say? Yeah. <laughs> Except bless their hearts. The other one is, you know, there before the grace of God go out. Yeah. That's another, yes, one. another one. You know, yeah. like it could be me. I could be in that same circumstance and yeah. situation. I have nothing, you know, helpful to add. Yeah. And it is a gossip of waiter. Yes. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a gossip. It ends the conversation. Yeah. It is clearly a conversation. It's a mic drop moment. Bless their hearts. And, and, you, and you keep it moving. And you keep it moving. Yeah. You know, most of the time, that's how I think of that phrase. If I were to hear that, particularly in the context of the South or someone from the South, and they say that, it, it's time to change the subject. Yeah, it's they, time to move on. They don't want to talk it's about it. It's a social it. cue. It's of a social it. cue. It yeah, is. it is. And so it's like just move on. And I think in the in in as we speak about social cues, and whomever the person is who was you know from from this area who said you got to talk about this, I think it's one of those ways in which. In, in the banter, in conversational banter, I could see somebody not picking up yes, on that cue, cue. And, and, yeah. and continuing to press a particular button. And I'm like, look, they already said bless their hearts. Like, they want to move on. It's time to move on from the conversation. <laughs> stop yeah, stop yeah. with that train of thought yeah. and, you know, take a left. Uh, so, you know, I... I don't know where we learn those things. You know, yeah. How do we learn that that, that is um, a signal? Yes. Of, yeah. of um, you know, an end or someone taking a pass. Yeah. If we were playing Uno, that's the pass card. Like, yeah. I pass on that. I'm not diving in. You know, I'm not touching that. So, um, but I, I love the fact that when we do hit on these, the common phrases and this is one of those common phrases like we both know that that these are all of the things that all of the baggage that comes 
packed into this little phrase, bless your heart. Yeah, and it's a it's a lot to unpack. And so consider this a public service announcement. A PSA. Yeah, so if someone drops it, um, whether you are in the Northeast and it's your first time engaging <laughs> with the phrase, or you take a trip down south <laughs> and someone drop it, just know to to move on and start a whole nother conversation. Leave it just, alone. just leave it be. Yeah. But you know, underneath it, Aisha, what I think is interesting, and this is something that we have spoken about in previous um, episodes um, is this notion of nicety when it comes Mm. to Southern living, Yeah, right? And so, you know, there's tons to unpack about like my life journeys and leadership evolutions and things of that nature. Um, But if I am to be honest, Working in that office was very difficult, mm-hmm. right? And there's this a level. This is the, the campaign office. The campaign office, yeah. It was difficult because of the circumstances that was surrounding it. Like, you know, I was this um, young woman. Um, the perception of being from Cambridge, which we know. Made you an outsider. It made you an outsider. But there's this this perception, and some of it's real, and some of it is assumptions that the, the level of access or resources you may or may not have. Right? right now this is earlier in my career and I was trying to figure out my left from my right my up from down and I was not in the place that I am now um but all of that kind of um came together and influenced how people interacted with me or at least that was my perception I'll, I'll own that you know mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm I'm older and wiser I, I understand that how one perceives something may be different from someone else yeah um, but in that moment when I was constantly saying, bless their hearts, bless their hearts, underneath that, as I look back at that moment, it was me not having the agency to be able to articulate to individuals that may have been giving me a hard time or maybe we were having a misunderstanding with each other. I didn't have the agency to be able to tell them what I needed and build community with them in a way that um, validated myself as well as validated them in order for us to move move forward together to achieve the goal of reelecting Governor Deval Patrick. Despite all that, we won that election. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we, we, we he did get reelected. He did. And um, it was it was definitely I appreciate the experience. Um, but it was it was this moment where this southern saying I chose to fall back on it instead of leveraging the moment to um, just have agency for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that's something that comes with time. Perhaps, although <clears throat> there are a lot of people who don't have the the words and the currency uh, to navigate sticky situations and they dive in anyway. But I think that comes with, there's a maturation process and maybe it's different. You know, I'm Gen X, the tail end of Gen X. And, and I do think that there is a difference in terms of people who are growing up in the South today and you know what they see as... Um, allowable, proper, you know, respectful, what have you. So, you know, I also think that 
I, I, I don't really see the distinction, but I know there's a whole conversation happening, at least online, about the difference between being nice and being kind. Mm. That, you know, I don't need to be nice. And so in, in this context, nice is sort of um, being dissed and being kind is the preference. And I... I think I'm like too far gone in terms of, <laughs> of how I was raised. I'm like, I think they're, they're synonymous. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that you can be held hostage to a perception of decorum in ways that keep you from being free. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think in the terms of a leadership context, being professionally free to say, you know, to, to really call out a, a wrong or something that's inappropriate um, to push for change, to really take up the space that you need to take up, whatever it is. Uh, and so that, you know, for me, is something that has just come with maturation and time, but also with pushing myself to not shy away from um, moments of conflict yeah. and difficulty, even if that means that I need to take a pause to actually script the conversation and play out um, a narrative in a way that I'm comfortable with. I think yeah. you can still, and, and I think that's valid, right? It's, it's to role play, you know, even if it's just in my mind, how, how do I imagine this? How do I envision this conversation going? Do some scenarios running through of um, situations and running things back. And, and that's been, for me, that preparation has been the way that I've pushed through um, experiences and conversations that 10 years ago, I probably would have tried to find my way like over, yeah. under, around and through, or perhaps just kept it moving with a bless their hearts. Yeah. Instead of confronting yeah. whatever the underlying matter is yeah. that made me want to just dismiss, because that's a dismissive it is. It as is. Well, right. Yeah. It's a filler and it's dismissive. Yes. Um, Ours caring. Don't forget about the caring part. But that's not what we're talking about, no, right? This, right. In <laughs> yeah. this, in this usage, yeah. it's it's dismissive. It's dismissive. It's like, well, bless their hearts. You yeah. know, you can't. I can't be bothered with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but but I do think that sometimes whatever the thing is, whatever that it is, is something we do need to be bothered with because mm. what if it, it just keeps rearing its ugly head? Yeah. And at some point you gotta like whack the mold. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just gonna keep popping it's up. It's gonna keep popping up. Um, and I do think, you know, that, that I feel much more equipped to do that now. It doesn't mean it's always easy, but I feel, you know, much more equipped to do that now than I did um certainly in in 2005 when I was just moving up here and even even 10 years ago yeah. so you know I think some of that stuff just comes with practice like okay I'm going to own this moment yeah and really sit down and think about why this is tough you know what is it about this situation or th this particular person this context that felt so raw um and that is a that's that's a, a, a learning opportunity and a, and a growing edge. So, but you know, I'm gonna be most uh, interested in the next time I hear myself say, "Bless their hearts," and wonder like, what was what the, context? What is the context? <laughs> By, Why yeah, am I yeah. saying that? Yeah. You know? The other piece for me is what what it brings up is the notion of respectability politics. Yeah. Right. And so for those that don't know are familiar with the term, it is more consistently used in the African-American or maybe Pan-African, but I'm going to go with African-American in this context experience where whenever you're um, 
in situations are you're engaging people that are white that you then show up in a way that um some would say make everybody feel comfortable it's just to like kind of bring down whatever the the tensions are but people see that as being at your expense the person that's trying to control the circumstance which nine times out of ten tend to be um, african-american people or people that are oppressed quite frankly in certain circumstances um so you know for me i think that you know if you you if you remove the element of race out of that particular context, I think everyone ends up in a situation where you may be challenged and you have to find a response in the moment, right? And you can go the route of what, you know, this branding of respectability politics, or you can go a route that then allows you to address the issue in a way that may create conflict. So calling out or calling in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and and it's interesting these days, um, I'm a Gen Xer tail, tail end of it. And man, Gen Xers and anyone, you know, older, man, we get accused of respectability politics a lot, right? That's true. We, you do. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's this intergenerational conversation around how to manage and deal with conflict that may need to take place outside of these terms, right? Outside of a dismissive, oh, bless they, their heart. And outside of the label of, oh, that's just respectability. Mm-hmm. And how do you find space for that, particularly within a professional environment that then leads to individuals um, and teams being able to come together around things that are difficult that then moves an organization forward. Yeah, and and I think we're doing that today in a moment where there's five generations in the workforce, where there is an increasingly um, multicultural workforce, and, and people have a multitude of perspectives that yeah. they bring to the table. And so we can't always view things th- through a lens of, I would never do that. Yeah. Like you probably wouldn't and they aren't you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So that's another, that's just another hoop that I've had to jump through as a leader is to get out of this mindset of, I can't believe this, I would never do that. Yeah. That's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think there's a little bit of, of a, you know, a frustration with um, being in and around for for all of the people, so many different points of view and so many different contexts. And it is, it, it, I think we have to embrace the beauty of that as opposed to getting stuck in the the difficulty of it. Yeah. Um, or retreating to, Bless their, bless their hearts. Like, I, <laughs> bless them. I don't even know where to yeah. start, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think for me, the parting thought is that in the way in which I show up in the world, I want to do that in a way that allows where I have the space to decide, though, when to, when to engage in a deeper conversation and when to move on. Yeah. And and that is that is a privilege that, it is. that I definitely live into um, that for the most part, 
you know, to, to learn that you don't have to have difficult conversations before you're ready. Yeah. And even if it's something that's landing on your doorstep and you're not ready, you know, to think about, you know, what are the ways that you can just have like the micro moment? I know the power pose was debunked that the research, you know, wasn't all that great, but you know, how do you power pose? How do you shift? Um, and just, you know, kind of put your armor on to get ready to, to, um, you know, confront some things. Um, but, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that generally speaking, even if there's stuff happening, um, we have the time, the luxury of a little bit of time to get ready to prepare ourselves so that we can have a response that's more meaningful yeah. and more authentic yes. than bless their hearts. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I think about it, I, you know, I... I realize that particularly in a work environment, um, setting culture and climate is so important. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be an executive director or, you know, CEO or leader of an organization is to set culture. Mm -hmm. Because I've just been in so many situations where, man, the culture of the institution is the thing that killed our ability to fulfill a mission. So for me, that's really key. And the ability to be able to navigate through things like this from a organizational perspective is still an area of growth for myself because I still feel like um, this is the Reverend Bowman in me, but I still feel like things need to be reconciled. Everything's not going to be reconciled. No. It just won't. So right. I need to like let, let it go. go. Yes. Let <laughs> it go like let Elsa. It go. Or everything needs to have a period behind the end of it. And some things, because of the circumstances, you're not going to get the period. It's just going to be a run-on sentence, a couple of commas, some yeah. semicolons, and maybe the sentence, it won't even make sense after a while. <laughs> and people will walk away from it. Yeah. That's an okay method to deal with circumstances as well. So that has been a huge area of growth for myself and really being able to understand the nuances so I don't fall back to, you know, bless their hearts. Bless their heart and everybody. <laughs> to the yeah. point that somebody's tap, tap. Yeah. Say, you sure do say this a lot. Yeah. So thank you, Miguel, for um, making me grow as a human being and realizing that, Maybe I should not be using that saying the way I was using it. Um, in, with the frequency. With the frequency and in public, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for, for ending us, ending this season uh, with the saying that it has a lot of resonance for both of us. It's been a great ride with Chili Grits with you. It has been. And all right, the last two minutes, what was the best part of our first um, venture with each other in this way. The first episode, we talked about all the plans we had to like write books and do this, yeah. but we finally landed here. So how how do you feel e ending this this season? Look, I'm proud of us. I um, I think the, the feedback has been uh, really fun to hear. I'm wearing really bright colors because my mother said I keep wearing dark colors. So look, mama, this is for you. I'm very bright today. <laughs> so, you know, we are listening. Um, I think uh, my my hope for, for this is that, you know, we continue uh, along the journey and hopefully we'll figure out a, a Insta or a website or something that makes it, you know, we can just keep, yeah. keep growing from here. But I think this has been a great place for us to start to flesh out some of the ideas that we've, you know, talked about one-on-one um, -on -one and in group settings over 
over the years. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been. And for me, um, Dr. Francis, it's been really lovely with um, being able to build with you in this way. You know, both of our lives are so complex. And I think, um, you know, when we first became friends, sometimes you have this naivety that life will continue at the pace where you've been able to like appreciate small moments with the people that you enjoy being around. And um, life has just gotten more complicated for us. You throw in COVID, our babies are older. They're both in different type of activities. It's harder to get them together. It's hard to get our families together. So this has been a really great way to continue to ground our friendship. So thanks for coming on the ride um, of Chili Grits podcast. And we're doing it together and we'll continue to see where it brings us. Yes, we will have a great uh, interim period, folks. And we are going to give ourselves a hiatus and, and come back in a couple of months and have a whole new slew of fun phrases so keep sending those to yes, us let us know what let you want to hear know what you like you can do that on linkedin and we might if we get it together be able to debut some other way to really interact with the with the um, with the podcast but also through cctv so. yes indeed and thank you for those who have subscribed yes. because i know a couple of people are like oh i get the notifications when it's out. yes thank you thank you for coming along the journey with us and we hope that you were sitting at this table with us and you were in conversation with us as we were having these um, discussions so until next time we will see you and thank you for being a part of chili Chili grits Grits Podcast. podcast